welcome back to Beyond the Cut episode 25. We are finally back recording because we finally can get into the same place for once. We tried doing Google Hangouts. That did not turn out well at all. We tried. We we tried twied. twice. We tried. We tried. We tried. Yeah. Yeah. We, we tried <laughs> twice. And for whatever reason, technology does not work with us like that. So Yeah, it didn't work yeah. out very well. My microphone kept cutting in and out. Um Yeah, I really just it really was a bad <laughs> We we had an in depth Cody Jinx episode that we tried to record and it just all went the Yeah, we still crap. have I have the audio. It's uh it's not the greatest. Um the audio is pretty bad. I suppose it's probably the worst audio ever. Um, we tried doing it over Google Hangouts. Didn't work. Um, it was just really bad. Microphones kept cutting in and out. Well, mine specifically. Um, it just like kicked off my microphone. Like it would just, I'd be list, I'd be talking, and the next thing you know, Nate, I can see Nate on the other side of the webcam, and he's just laughing because he can't hear me, but my mouth is moving. <laughs> so it's like, it's like every time I do it, it's like, damn it, I gotta like unplug my microphone, replug my microphone, and then try to figure out where I stopped talking. Like, where did my microphone stop picking up of what I said? And yeah, it was just kind of, it, it was pointless. It was a mess. It was bad. We tried, and then we just kind of figured it out. It's like, hey, we just need to just do it in person. Um, it's just easier. Yeah. So, Between a- work and life changes, it's been... Kind of hectic over here, but we're back, finally. Yeah, but we're back, again. I might title this episode, because the last episode we titled, we were, it says, we're back, and then we just we're randomly back put out one episode, so I might just title this one, we're back, dot, 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 again. Again, for the for the foreseeable future. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. Who knows? We should have some episodes on time now. Um, we normally put them out, what, Saturdays when we normally put them out? Uh, Sunday? I don't know. I don't know. We got to figure out a day to put them out again. Just like maybe Mondays. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say we're running into more technology problems. My The recorder just like froze for half a second. And it's just like, uh-oh. We're well. Good. All right. No more technology problems. Fingers crossed. Um, Let's get into some stuff. Because there's been a lot of stuff that's happened since... Well, since July. we recorded last, um, probably about six months worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so we're a little far behind. We've still been active on Twitter, but uh, yeah, that's we haven't easy. talked about anything, really. No, we haven't talked about much. Um, so there's been a lot. So we're going to touch up on some recent... Some We're going to touch this episode up on some recent stuff. Uh, specifically, we're going to start off with talking about the... Turnpike Troubadours and their cancellation of like 12 shows, I believe it was, it's, for the foreseeable future. They've released a nice long post on their Twitter, Instagram, and whatnot, but there's been a lot that's going on. They've, this is not the first time they've canceled shows this year. Uh, originally, there was shows canceled because of Kidney Stones, I believe it was. Kidney yes, Stones. Kidney Stones. And then... There was the old Evan Felker drama, which with his ex-wife and Miranda Lambert and all of that stuff. And then that led to shows being canceled when him and Miranda broke their thing off. Yes, it did. 
So there is a lot that's going on. This band is literally living the rock star life right now in country music. Um, I guess whenever they call it quits, whenever that may be, there's going to be a ton of um, stories that come out. And you could probably write a book about this band. And I don't know. It, it, but we all know the elephant in the room. We all know why they canceled these shows. They're not going to say it publicly, but we all know why. It's a good there's a good inkling of why and who is uh, <laughs> the reason behind all of these these uh, cancellations. And it's definitely, most likely 90%, something around that line. It's, it's definitely Evan. 100%. It yeah. has to be. It, it, it makes the most sense for it to be Evan. And obviously, we don't know what's going on. They're not going to release it. Um, I think the biggest thing with this band is... They're all, I mean, what you would consider uh, family. Yes. There, there there, doesn't seem to be as much drama in the band. There, the drama in the band seems to be coming from outside. Yeah. Like failed relationships, relationships with famous people, um, you know, having bad performances at concerts because of uh, alcohol being involved. And that seems to be... All the hints seem to be that um, that's what's going on now. Yeah. Um, definitely seems that it's more of the outside stuff, but together, like in the band, they're very supportive of each other. So, and that's really what this whole, that whole post um, said. If you don't have, haven't read it, you can go to their Twitter page or their Instagram page and you can read it if you haven't read it by now, but. They've canceled a good amount of shows, including the Charlotte show, which is, we both had tickets, so. We were going to see them on Friday night. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. I mean, it sucks that we can't see them. But, I mean, I tweeted this out off the, off of the uh, podcast Twitter account that it's it's easy to forget that these guys are humans. They're people, too. And they struggle with things like every other person struggles. So, I mean, it's easy to get mad and say you're never listening to them again because they canceled the show that you paid money for. You're getting, like, if you bought it through the regular site when they went on sale, you're getting your money back. Now, if you bought them secondhand, well, that's your loss. I mean, you bought them secondhand. You should have paid attention to when they came out. Um, also, luckily in North Carolina, they never really sell out. So maybe if you're in, down in Texas, you would have to buy secondhand. But luckily in North Carolina, I snagged them when they came out, but there were still tickets on sale like this week or before they canceled. Yeah, I mean, but I, I guess my point is that this, this, they're, it's easy to forget that they're humans. It's easy to say, you know, I'm not listening to them again. They canceled shows. They lost my respect or whatever. I'm not giving this band any more money. Like, oh, we drove from such and such to see them play like they're not robots like they do have issues of their own that they need obviously that they need to get sorted out and i'd rather them sort their issues out than just you know worse things that have happened yeah i mean if you look through history all the bands that had these issues and continued the tour and try to make music either their music got a lot worse or they broke up i mean the doors come to mind there's a few others as well. 
So or uh, died or died. Yes. Yeah. So um, maybe getting some time off for, uh, for the Turnpike Troubadours is what's going to keep them making music and touring, so we can enjoy them for a lot longer. Yeah, I mean, I would much rather them stick to getting themselves worked out, figured out, getting everything figured out, and us being able to enjoy the quality of music that they produce for such a long, for much longer of a time, um, than just acting like they're supposed to put on these. I mean, they put on these shows and acting like they're supposed to put on these shows just because you bought them, bought a ticket for their show. I mean, they're not supposed to, they don't have to perform for you. I mean, there's people that just don't, I mean, there's a lot of people that just don't tour. I mean, they're a lot bigger names, but there's a lot of people that just don't tour because of these reasons. And everybody wants to talk about how um, musicians have the easiest job in the world, but think of it as going to a different city all year long. I mean, you are on the road just about 24-7. If you're not playing a show, that's what you're doing. You're traveling. Yeah. And most of these guys have a family somewhere or another, so they're losing their family. And that's probably why you see a lot of issues in bands where there's depression, drug use. Um, they need to take time off. I mean, they're humans. It takes a toll on them. So... um you know, I, I I disagree with saying that you're not going to give them any more money because they canceled a show. Yeah, I think it's kind of, I think it's ridiculous and just dumb, to be honest. Um, but I mean, if that's the way you want to go about it, then that's, I guess that's the way you're going about it. I just think it's incredibly inconsiderate. Um, these guys aren't here. I mean, they're obviously, fans make them and they make them, like they make money because of these shows, they're not just canceling these shows because they just don't want to do it. They're canceling these shows for an absolute for a reason. And if you can't understand that, then that's more on you than them. It, it has nothing to do with, oh, I'm going to retire now, and um, we're just going to quit playing shows for the rest of the year. It has everything to do with the fact that they need some time off to get some things figured out, yeah. to get some rest, to you know, get over some drama. I mean, there's been a lot of things that has happened with this band just this year. And they're not a huge name outside of um, music nerds. So for a band to have that kind of attention and not be like a mainstream name, it will take a toll on you. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It's, and they've got they've gotten bigger the past couple of years. Um, the whole Miranda thing is it was a big it was a big story. It was. Um, I feel like that probably has a factor into what's going on. For sure. I mean, to me, it kind of reminds me of um, the instance of Mac Miller from a few months ago. Yeah, to where he was getting over um, Ariana Grande and. Eventually, don't want to say that's what caused what happened, but there's good indication that it was what caused it. Yeah, or I mean, it doesn't help. 
those things don't help. I mean, people deal with breakups in certain ways. I mean, you got to think he is going, he's going through a divorce and a breakup at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that, that is tough. It's tough. Granted, one, maybe both was his fault, but still doesn't make it not, it still doesn't make it easier because it's not your fault. Yeah. You know? So it's, so it's whatever. It's, they need to get their stuff figured out, and I'd rather get them get their stuff figured out because that's what, they need to do. I want I mean, them to make more albums. Yeah, but their life is more important than the music. Yes, it's what it is. Their exactly. well-being is more important than playing shows for any of us. Exactly. So, we wish them the best. We hope everything gets figured out. Um, we hope they come back stronger than ever. You gotta think though, this next album is gonna be absolutely amazing. It's gonna be so sad. Let's be honest here. This is going to be probably their saddest album yet. I mean, it's going to be... I I have a feeling this next album is going to be a pretty heavy-hitting album. Oh, yeah. It, it's going to be all sad. <laughs> it's going to be... the saddest album you ever play no, you outside ain't. of Southeastern, maybe. That's a pretty sad album, too, but... We're going to keep it moving, though. Um, we're going to get into uh, some CMA predictions and talk about some of the cma lists and whatnot and the awards and nominees and it's it's uh i mean it's the cmas <laughs> it's about what you would expect honestly yeah. i mean to me one of the more surprising things is that a person who has been talked about in the media a lot recently isn't even nominated for a single award which i just came to realize and to me, it's almost surprising that Kane Brown is not nominated for anything. Not even New Artist of the Year. No Single of the Year, Video of the Year. Wasn't he nominated Nothing. for like New Artist of the Year last year? He may have been, but honestly, what's weird about the New Artist of the Year is that... They're not New Artists? Yeah, everybody made their big name last year. Chris Jansen made his big name in what, 2013? Was that when Buy Me a Boat, Boat was released? Yeah, I think 2013, like 2014? Yeah, I was still in college when it was released. Yes. So, and Luke Combs was big last year. Midland was big last year. Lauren Elena, I think she had a big single last year, but maybe I'm wrong. And Brett Young, same thing. So, I was about to say, I forget her Brett Young, like my freshman year of college. I'm not sure. I, I honestly can't remember when I first heard him because he's just one of those forgettable names i mean yeah he's a forgettable name definitely but i think it's just one of those uh, i never understand their and this has kind of been the gripe all like they have technically rules for this but they don't ever follow the rules that they have for the new artist of the year that's the one category that i just don't understand how they kick anyone for this category it it's basically and I, I can't even say that it's someone that had a big single in the last couple of years because if you look at a guy like Chris Jansen, he broke onto the scene when we were in college. Yeah. I mean, he should have been nominated for New Artist of the Year like three, three years or ago. four years ago. <laughs> so I, I don't understand that at all. No, nah, I don't either. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, but it's, it's like my point. They don't follow their rules. For new artists of the year, they just they just don't. They just put in names. I mean, it's just like everything else. It's just, why have rules if you're not going to follow them? 
Like if you have these criteria for new artists of the year, but you're not going to follow them, then why have them? Why don't you just get rid of them and just say it? it's just whatever. Picked on whatever. You know, I don't know. I, th- I think what they should do is new artists of the year should be determined on not by singles, by when you released your first album. So if you have a guy like, I don't know, um, Luke Combs from last year, okay, released his album in 2017. Unless it comes after the deadline, you know, which is around August, maybe even July, something like that, which he released that album in June. If you release an album, you should be considered for new artists of the year. So even like a guy like Whitey Morgan, who has his big album of the year, wouldn't be eligible because his first album was in 2008. So I think that's probably a better <laughs> a better option than what they're doing now. I agree. I mean, it's, basically, it's it seems like it's being run by the record labels. Like this guy's all these awards are being run by the record labels. Well, yeah, but it seems like this. It, it seems like the award for people who probably aren't going to get an award anywhere else. And they may have a shot at new artists of the year because people won't realize when their first single was or their first album was. Right. Because didn't, didn't, like when Stapleton released Traveler, didn't he win new artists of the year for that? Yes. And then like that is a perfect example of, yeah, he was a new artist. Solely. I mean, he did obviously stuff with the Steel Drivers and the Johnson Brothers, but... He was a new artist. Mm-hmm. Like that was his first album. It's like when Thomas Thomas wasn't Thomas Rhett like and now like up for artist of the year like two years ago or like new artist of the year like two yes. years ago. It's like dude, he'd been around for like three or four years prior to that. He had his first big single when I was in high school. Yeah, like I just don't understand why. I mean, obviously it's a here give me an award because I can't win an like. It's the only shot to win an award for a lot of these people because they can't go up against artist of the year or vocalist of the year or entertainer of the year because they have no shot, so they have to win new artist of the year even though they're not new yes. by any means. But I think we should I think we should get into some of the predictions. We can we'll complain more about it because we'll get to new artist of the year at some point, but we'll teaser, we'll get to that later. So we need to start off essentially at the bottom and work our way to Entertainer of the Year. So I think we're just going to start with Musician of the Year. Well, I'm going Jerry Douglas. He did a lot of work on the new um, Dirk Bentley album. So I think that's going to kind of carry him to this um, award. Also, he's great live. We saw him at Merle Fest this year. So. Very good live. But if, okay, so the nominees are Jerry Douglas, Paul Franklin, Dan Huff, Mac McAllany, and Derek Wells. I would like to see Jerry Douglas win. I don't think he's going to win. I think it's definitely going to be Mac McAllany. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, Just because of he's had a lot of work this past, yeah. this past year. I think he had. Didn't he have his like, own album or something like that? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I can't remember. I know he worked on a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And I think this is the year that he wins it. Um, he worked on some good stuff. Worked on some pretty pretty bad stuff. Um, I think it's just... He's been, he's been talked about a lot this year. I think he's been 
out of all of these musicians of the year, I mean, everybody knows, a lot of people know who Jerry Douglas is, but the most, the person that's gotten the most press this year out of all of these has been Mac. Yeah, so, that's true. I, th- I think it's going to be one of those two guys. Yeah, I would love to see Jerry Douglas. I would love to see Paul Franklin win. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see a Steel guy win, but that's probably not going to well, happen. Well, <laughs> let's be honest, the Steel is not used much in mainstream country music anymore. So It's not. But that's why I said I would like to see him win, but I know he's not going to win. But it's, I guess, what can you do? It's, uh, I, I wish, I wish I would see a steel guy win just because that would be, that would be good. I would enjoy that, but I don't. Jamie Johnson's steel guy should win every single year. My yeah. God, that dude can play. He can play. He, he's good live too. So. We're going to move on from Musician of the Year to Music Video of the Year. The nominees are Babe by Sugarland featuring Taylor Swift, Cry Pretty by Carrie Underwood, Drunk Girl by Chris Jansen, Marry Me by Thomas Rhett, and Tequila by Dan and Shay. Talk about a really bad list for music videos. Yes. Also, no one watches music videos anymore. I mean... No. MTV doesn't even play music. MTV do, when MTV doesn't play music videos anymore, you know it's a dead sort of art form. I mean, I think there's some artists that are trying to bring it back, but country music is not doing that. Even like the guys that may get some more attention on YouTube, like maybe Jason Isbell or something, they're not even bothering doing that. They're just doing lyric videos. How often do you ever watch a music video? Literally as historic artifacts from like the 80s and 70s music videos. That's literally the only time I watch music videos. I hardly ever watch music videos because half the time the music video has nothing to do with the actual song. I agree. Like the biggest thing with these mu- with music videos is they're just completely random and have nothing to do with music, like anything. I mean, Chris Stapleton's Fire Away was really, really good, but that's probably the last great video made in country music. I mean, there's not many um, country music videos that are well-known. I mean, The Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks is one of those that people remember a lot. Um, yeah. Brooks and Dunn did a lot of good work with videos. Trucking. <laughs> not trucking, sorry. Convoy. Convoy, Convoy. <laughs> yes. But that was a movie. That was part of a movie. I know, but it was still funny. Um, But yeah, I wish there was a video for trucking. That would be amazing. Um, Anyways, music videos don't play much of an importance in... I don't music care about anymore. music videos. I hope they stop. It's annoying. I mean, like you mentioned the Chris Stapleton Fire Away that was partnered with what? domestic. I think it was domestic abuse yes. or mental... It was domestic abuse. Was Maybe it, even both. No, no. I think it was like depression or bipolarism and stuff. I think it was depression, mm-hmm. kind of anxiety, to bipolarism, that depression thing. I think that's what it was. I don't think it was domestic abuse. And also, I think it was like that and like suicide. Because, like, yeah, that's what it, Yeah. I'm trying to remember the music video, but it was definitely like mental illness and – I don't want to say mental illness, but like depression and that kind of area. But out of all of these, I don't know which one's going to win. First off, I can't <laughs> even remember what Babe sounds like. I mean... I don't even remember that song. I, 
So I don't see that winning unless I, mean, I don't know. Taylor. It does feature Taylor Swift, so maybe. I feel like it was they have to give it to Taylor Swift because it's like, oh my gosh, it's Taylor Swift. We have to give her an award. Cry Pretty is a decent song. Um, and I don't know if Carrie Underwood will win. She'll probably win Female Vocalist of the Year. But uh, I don't know. I can see that one winning. Drunk Girl by Chris Jansen. I don't really see it. So to me, it comes down to Marry Me or Thomas Rhett. Tequila by Dan and Shay is one of the worst songs I've heard this year. Because Dan and Shay sucks. It, tequila is the most boring song I think I've ever heard become a hit. I mean, it. Dan and Shay might be the most boring band to ever become <laughs> popular. I, I, are they even popular? They share the bill with a bunch of big names, but I can't say I know any Dan and Shay fan. They're not. I mean, I guess they're somewhat popular. I don't know. They're a bunch of assholes on Twitter. Are they? Oh, yeah. They're awful. Uh, well, anyways, I think I'm going to go with Cry Pretty for this one. Yeah. I guess that's what I was thinking because at least it has something to it. Um, I think it's definitely between that and Marry Me. Um, but I think Cry Pretty is... And we can talk about this next week, but we can also talk about Saving Country Music's vendetta against that whole freaking album. He... He has a vendetta against a lot of people. He does. And he... All right. This... Okay. I He's one of those that introduced me to a lot of great music. But at the same time, I don't know what's going on over there at Saving Country Music Headquarters, but something something is going on over there yeah. where it's all sort of messed up. Yeah, he... he, he he was going on rants and just responding and God, you just seen the, did you look at the comments underneath that, his article about that album? Oh yes, it was a dumpster fire. It it was it it was a complete and utter dust dumpster fire. Granted, I mean Carrie Underwood has fans that are like remember like when we were getting into it with Blake Shelton fans. <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean she has all of those kind of. She has a bunch of stands. So does Kane Brown, and I'm surprised we didn't get into an argument with Kane Brown this week, but he also kind of surprised me, so I think our Twitter kind of made Kane Brown fans a little happy this well, week. Yeah, I mean, we can also, we'll talk about that <laughs> next week, but there is, yeah. Um, we'll also talk, we'll, talk, we'll get more into the whole saving country music, because he also got a vendetta against, like, I think isn't he have a vendetta against Margot Price? Yes, yeah, a big one. He hate that. <laughs> a giant one. <laughs> he does. <laughs> like, like, I don't know why, but she may release the greatest country music album of all time, and he's gonna give it give a it a two. five out of ten. He's gonna give it like a two. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on before this episode. It's like an hour long of just us talking about his vendettas against people. (laughs) Okay, musical event of the year. Uh, And the nominees for this is uh, Burning Man, Dirk Bentley featuring Brothers Osborne, Dear Hate, Mara Morris featuring Vince Gill, Uh, Drowns the Whiskey, Jason Aldean and Miranda Lambert, Everything's going to be all right. David Lee Murphy with Kenny Chesney. And the worst one of all, meant to be with B. Brexa in Florida Georgia Line. 
Yeah, so this is a stacked list, right? I know who's going to win this one. Well, who you got? Unfortunately. That should give it away. I disagree. I It was so big. So was Body Like a Back Road, but it didn't win anything except for the award they basically had to give it to. Like, yeah. new single of the year or something. Like, it was... It, it it was best nominated for best single of the year, and they gave it to somebody else. I can't remember who won it, but I um, yeah. To me, I think it's gonna win. I think Meant to Be is gonna win. But what I want to win is Burning Man. Oh, it's by far the best song out of all of these. That's what I want to win. Um, but I think Meant to Be is going to win. Personally, I think Drowns the Whiskey is going to win. Handedly. Why is that? Well, it was a huge song. Not quite as big as Meant to Be, but it was probably the biggest country song in um, quotes out of all of these. So <laughs> and it's also a Jason Aldean song with Miranda Lambert. And I mean, it's not a terrible song either. So I think... Is going to win. And the CMAs are very touchy about the pop sort of songs that come out. Like Body Like a Back Road. That did not do well at all compared to how it did on the radio. So Meant to Be is going to be in that same category. If you notice, this is the only award it's nominated for. Is it? I think it is. I think it's single. Yeah, it's up for single. Oh, okay. Anyways. Yeah, I, I still think it's. I think it's gonna win one or the other. It could possibly not win either of them. I would hope it doesn't win either of them. Well, it's not gonna beat Chris Stapleton. I think. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna win single of the year. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna win single of the year, regardless of how popular it was. The CMAs love Chris Stapleton. Yes, love Chris Stapleton, which I'm fine with. Give it to someone at least deserving of it. <laughs> and instead of the little trophy thing for the CMAs, they might as well just put a picture of Chris Stapleton's head there because he's going to be like 80 years old and still somehow being nominated for awards. Like it's going to be, CMAs. if he's still touring at that point, it's going to be like um, best entertainer of the year, Chris Stapleton, 80 years old. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's be honest here. They're going to try to get Chris Stapleton in as many awards as they possibly can. Like next year, Millionaire is going to be up for a ton of awards. I guarantee you that. Have you looked at the nominees for Song of the Year? Yes, I have. Do you notice what's on there again? Yes, I do notice what's on there. Again? Again. Because it didn't win last year. It's not going to win this year. <sighs> I mean, it's a, it's a very weak list, and which pretty much means Chris Stapleton is winning it. It's a weak list. It's Body Like a Back Road, Broken Halos, Drowns the Whiskey, Drunk Girl, and Tequila. I don't need to mention who has all of those because I've already said them because Music Video of the Year featured three of those. Um, Yeah, Broken Halos. But broken Halos. Sorry. That's easy. Next one. <laughs> I wonder what this one is. Single of the year. Broken Halos. Drinking Problem by Midland. Drowns the Whiskey again. Meant to be. And Tequila. Again. Broken Halos. Broken Halos. Chris Stapleton. Sorry. 
going to happen. Those are easy. Album of the year. I wonder if win album of the year. I don't know. Can we talk about how Graffiti U is part of the nominee? And can we also talk about Golden? Uh, okay. First of all, nominees from A Room Volume 2, Golden Hour, Graffiti U, Life Changes, and then The Mountain. I am. Didn't like Life Changes come out like three years ago? No, it came out <laughs> last year. It came out last year. I think it came out in August of last year, so. Oh, uh, right after the deadline. Yeah. yeah. The Mountain. Not a terrible album. It it's not gonna win. Not gonna win. But it's not awful. I mean, it's one of the better mainstream releases of the year. It's probably at least to me, probably the second best album on this list. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Because Life Changes sucks. Graffiti U is awful. One of the worst albums in country music ever released, and that says something in a world where Walker Hayes is attempting country music. Also, what's hilarious is if you're looking on the CMA website and on the nominee section, it has the producers underneath it. Oh my God. I He's got like it. 50 names underneath the producer for Graffiti. Year. All right. You know what? You know what we're going to do? Producers of Graffiti U, Keith Urban, Dan McCarroll, J.R. Rodham, Josh Kerr, not over yet. Jason Evigan, Greg Wells, Benny Blanco, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Johnny, Mc, Johnny McDade, Jesse Shatkin, Jimmy Robbins, Oscar Holter, Matt Rad, Eric Valentine, Ian Kirkpatrick, Mike Elizondo, Captain Cuts, Ross Copperman, Dan Huff, and Peter Carlson. Songwriting that many, that many people to produce probably one of the worst albums I've ever heard. Also, um, with songwriting writing credits, Merle Haggard and Don Williams, because he ripped off um, both of them on that album. The worst, worst, most blasphemous riff taken. I don't even know what to say. You can't do that in country music. You you just cannot do Such that. Such a disgrace. It, I mean, there's one thing. There's one thing about writing a song about Merrill Haggard. That's how you do it in country music. You don't sample one of the most well-known country songs of all time. You just. I mean, you don't can sample it, it, but you just don't do what he did to it. You yes. don't throw some EDM bullshit on top of it. No, 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 no. no. I mean, it's it's one thing if you're writing a song about him and kind of putting that riff in there just as a nod, like, hey, you know, I'm I'm writing a song about you. I want to put in your most famous song in here to give a nod to you. But he, there's no mention of Merle Haggard in this song, and it's literally just him taking that riff and just pissing on it. Essentially, so so despicable, just disgusting. Anyways. I mean, I guess we could talk about Golden Hour kind of sucked. Yeah, I mean, it was a disappointment. It was. It, yeah, let's. I think that's the best way to phrase that. Is it was a disappointment. I don't think it sucked per se. It was just. It was just very. It was very disappointing. It. It was so boring to me. I mean, it was just. That's really. The, that's bland. the big thing. Yeah, it was really boring. 
It was just bland. It was. It just felt like it all ran together. It, it was a big disappointment. It really was. What was un What was unfortunate about that album was really all of the people that were talking about how good it was, and not taking in consideration the better albums by female artists that were released at the time. Because at the time, Ashley McBride and Brandy Carlisle had both of their albums out. Yeah, and I was trying to tell people like, go listen to those if you want to hear a better country music album. But I mean, even even if you look at Golden Hour, right, and then you just compare it to the rest of her albums, her other albums are head and heels way better of way better an album than this one was. I agree. This was definitely her worst album put out. Now that's not saying it's a terrible album. It's a good album by modern country standards. It's a good album. It is not a good album. Like it's not that great of an album when you start comparing it though to her other albums or just other albums that were released by some fe- like a lot of females this year that were just overlooked. Um though just Casey has the somewhat mainstream recognition. A little bit, but it it, it it could have been a lot better. I was it, disappointed yes. in the album, but it could have been a lot better. But I'm kind. I am glad to see it nominated for album of the year. At least, an, at least a woman is nominated for album of the year this year. Um, and it's a good nod to a good musician as well. I mean, yeah. I didn't like the album, but that doesn't take anything away from her talent. No, it doesn't. So, You're right. It doesn't. And. But I mean, like I would say, like I would have seen, I would rather have seen Brandy Carlisle. Yeah, or nominated. Ashley McBride. I would have rather have seen those. But hey, take what you can get in the CMAs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least we have. I mean, there, there. What's best is there's more good albums. If you're ranking these albums on like a scale of one to ten, there's more albums above a five than there are less than a five. Yes, which is good, barely. At least for me, the mountain is barely above a five. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it has its highlights. Um, it also has its low it lights. Has its I mean, lights as well. It's but. not. It's not good Dirks. It's not the really good Dirks, and it's not the bad Dirks. It's like average Dirks. It's a good in between. Yeah. So I mean, there, there, he shows potential of old Dirks on there, aka Traveling Light, which is a phenomenal song. I think that's the biggest thing. My biggest gripe with Dirks is he shows so much potential as being one of a a really really good artist. With the he's got like the vocal abilities and the a lot of times has a songwriting abilities, and he has a lot of the respect from a lot of people. Like I know Wheeler loves him. Mm-hmm. Like cool dude, everybody likes him. But there's just things that you know. It's like why are you doing this? Like the gimmicky stuff that he does that he doesn't need to do. Yeah, like the his best songs are always the ones that aren't the gimmicky ones, but like five o five o. Yeah, I mean, but let's talk about who's winning this album. We already know Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton, literally everyone loves Chris Stapleton. He makes good music. He's probably never going to make bad music. Let's be honest here. So the only one that has a chance, the only outside chance, the only other artist album on this chance. On this list that has a chance, I would say is Golden Hour. Though, yeah, I think I mean, it's an outside chance. Um, just because, like we mentioned before, the CMAs love Chris Stapleton. And let's put it on this: a Volume One One Album of the Year last year 
Volume 1 was worse than Volume 2. Yes, I agree. Volume 2 is such a better album than Volume 1. It is. Um, At least in my opinion. I loved Volume 2 a lot more than I liked Volume 1. They're both great, in my opinion, but Volume 2 is a better album. Yeah. Also, I like more bluesier sort of music. Volume 2 is more bluesier yeah. than Volume 1, so I really enjoyed it quite a bit more. Yeah. So let's get into New Artists of the Year. Um, Lauren Elena, Luke Combs, Chris Jansen, Midland, and Brett Young. Do the posers get uh, new artists of the year? No, because Luke Combs gets it. <laughs> yeah, Luke Combs gets it. Uh, I mean, go Nears. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> he gets it. I'm not crazy about anyone on this list. I've seen Luke Combs play concerts hundreds of times. So, hey, I'll take I'll take it. Yeah, we saw him when he was good. Yeah, I mean, hey, he he he's one of those guys that shows potential, but hasn't quite. He's he's towing the line of showing potential and selling out. Kind of, yeah, kind of like Jason Aldean was for a while. He may be. A lot like Jason Aldean in that respect. I'm interested to see how his next, where his next album goes, because I think he, at this point in time, he has to make a choice of: is he going to sell out, or is he going to stick to, or is he going to be, or is he going to live up to his potential, or is he going to pull an Eric Church, which is his favorite artist of all time, and he said that before. So who knows what he's going to do? Well, I mean, I think Eric Church has essentially lived up to his potential. I mean, he has a couple of the radio hits, but most of his stuff is pretty decent. My 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 concern is he's either going to be he's going to be Dirks and just make a lot of mediocre stuff. I'd be okay with that, or he's going to sell out and which would be hilarious. The old takes exposes tweets of him talking crap about Luke Bryan and modern country. Yeah, now now this dude, this dude here, when he was in college, I mean, I've pretty much followed his career from when he started playing music in the bars of Boone, North Carolina, because I was a college student at this same time. And I was, this is right when I was first getting into like a lot of the country music at the time. And he would post YouTube videos. He was one of the first people I saw that was talking about Sturgill Simpson. I mean, literally, you would go on his Twitter page, it would be Sturgill Simpson this, Sturgill Simpson that. He was, like, Metamodern Sounds hadn't even been released, and he was posting videos of Sturgill Simpson. And uh, he posted a cover on YouTube, which he deleted for some reason, of Elephant by Jason Isbell. Uh, He has a few tweets about saying Southeastern is his favorite album of all time. So this dude really was into like the sort of underground country. And that's why I think his career has been really interesting because I didn't know which way he would go. And it seems like he still doesn't know which way he wants to go with his music. No, but he's definitely gone more of the worst way, I guess you could yes. say. I mean, which his, his last two singles have been pretty solid. I mean, she got the best of me. He got rid of this first recording of it for some reason, but it was by far the best when he released it in 2014 when he was first releasing music and nobody knew about him. 
it was by far a better version of that song um used to um used to i believe is the name of the track i think it's still on apple music but it's probably the most stone cold country song he's ever released and it's a fantastic song um go check it out but hurricane it made him big hurricane was it was awful. a bad song i've heard about everything that he said in that song i've heard before in other songs called hurricane yes like it was completely unoriginal it was piss poor songwriting it was i mean you talk about song you talk about piss poor songwriting you talk about things that generic references to hurricanes and generic metaphors like what is this bull what is this it's just it was bad like that was a bad song hurricane songs can be done but they need to be more of like bob dylan's hurricane or band of heathens hurricane where they're more story based than they are making references yeah because hit you like a hurricane by far is one of the most cliches. So cliche. That was the word I was looking for. Most cliche. Just everything in that song was just cliche. Yes. Cliche here, cliche there, cliche everywhere. That whole song was just cliche. You should have just called it cliche. It might as well have been. It was bad. Really bad. In that in that song though, because it was so big. That's what worries me about his career, that he's going to just sell out because that's what makes him money. I mean, but see, the, uh, he's he's at an interesting point because literally everything he's released recently has gotten big. So it's almost like Eric Church got to this point when he was releasing like Drink in My Hand, which is a bad song. Springsteen. Springsteen's a good song, but he was at that point to where he was releasing these different singles and everything was getting big. So I guess he just stepped back and was like, well, if everything I do is becoming big, I can literally just make the music I want to make. And that's what he started to do. And if you listen to Desperate Man, it's literally just, I feel like it's just stuff he's wanted to try for so long and he just put it all together and made a pretty decent album. That's an interesting album. We'll have to talk about that next week, too. It is. Yeah. I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, I think a lot of people are. I mean, he's definitely at that point where it's, let's see what he does. I mean, he's gotten big. Does he take that opportunity to make the music he wants? Or does he take that opportunity to make the music that he knows is going to make him the most money? I mean, yeah, but and those aren't always the same. Exactly. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, with a guy like Eric Church, the way he did it, and honestly, he's probably a more talented musician than Luke Holmes is. Absolutely. But so he can pull it off easier. But um, you you know he he was at that point too, and just did what he wanted to make. So. I mean, it, it could go either way at this point. We'll see what he does with this next album. And a lot depends on the record label. A lot depends on that rec- if the record label is going to let him do that. You know. But we'll see. That'll be something to keep an eye out on over the next few years. Um, so let's move on to Vocal Duo of the Year. 
Um, the nominees we got we got brother brothers Osborne, Dan and Shay, Florida Georgia Line, Maddie and Tay, and Sugarland. It's brothers Osborne. Yeah, I mean they've won it the past two years. They came out with a very good album, pretty good album. Um, Dan and Shay, boring. Florida Georgia Line. Did they come out with an album? No, they have not come out with an album. But they were on meant to be. So that's essentially their song. I mean, they're going to be nominated because aren't they like one like the best selling country duo ever or something yes. like that? And also, they've had a few singles like Simple and I can't think of the other ones, but they've had a few singles out this year. Yeah. So, I mean, they have been in the headlines this year. Like yes. they are every year. Yeah. Maddie and Tay, not going to win because they're no. one females. <laughs> and. Sugarland, Sugar I mean, nah, no, no. It's no. going to be Brothers Osborne. They came out with an album. They were on one of the biggest songs of the year with Burning Man. It's going to be them. Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely going to be them. And also, it was a good album, which, say what you want about the CMAs, but if you're a mainstream artist and release a decent album that has critical acclaim, you're probably going to win an award or two. So, Brothers Osborne, it is. Yeah. I agree. Then we get in a vocal group of the year. Uh, we got Lady Antebellum, Lanco, Little Big Town, Midland, and Old Dominion. I mean, I I figure it's probably going to be Old Dominion just because they have the biggest single out of all of these. I mean, but this is a terrible list. It's a terrible list. Um. Part of me wants to see Midland win just to see Saving Country Music go crazy. <laughs> we talked about hilarious. Vendettas earlier. He has this vendetta about proving that Midland is not authentic at all. Yes, he does. Which is hilarious because I mean he's he's probably he's right, but it's still hilarious to see. Yeah, he's he's right, but it's hilarious because if you read a lot of his, uh, on certain artists will read where he says. Oh, well, hey, they're bringing back country music in the mainstream. And that's exactly what Midland does, but he wants to talk about how Midland isn't legit, which they're probably not. But hey, their country, their music is actually country music. So I, I would just, hate on them too much. I want Midland to win. That's it. I just want them to win <laughs> to see even country music go crazy. Right. I, I want to tr- see Trigger lose his mind. Uh, I think he's already lost it. I think we're well past that point. <laughs> I just want to see. And we're not hating on him. We both enjoy a lot of his work. But I just want to see him lose his mind over Midland winning. I do think it's probably between Old Dominion and Lady Annabellum just because of Lady Annabellum's popularity. Um, I feel like they're always going to be in this discussion of possibly winning it. Little Big Town's an interesting case. I don't think Midland and Lanco have a shot. It's definitely a toss-up. But I think it's a toss-up between those three, though. Yeah. I mean, I I might, I might think I'm going to give my, the edge to Lady Annabellum just because of the popularity of them. But they haven't done anything. I can't tell you the last time they made an album or a song. But that doesn't really mean much anymore. That's true. But that's what, I mean... That's why I said Old Dominion, but honestly, this is just one of those 
where it doesn't really matter who wins because yeah eh. female vocalist of the year we have Kelsey Ballerini Miranda Lambert Maren Morris Casey Musgraves Carrie Underwood so this award should be renamed to the Miranda Lambert or Carrie Underwood Award. Yes, it should be. Because I'm pretty sure both of the either, either one of them has won it for the past like eight years. Yeah. So it's basically when one of them puts out an album. It, yeah, that's about it. And so that so means Carrie Underwood. That wins means this, this is year. Carrie Underwood's year. <laughs> it should be named the which 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 female put out an album this year, Carrie Underwood or Miranda Lambert. So you know those yeah. like you know those charts that they put up on the internet where it's like so it's like you want to know what the who the female vocalist of the year is like up at the top, and it's like, did Carrie Underwood put out an album? And it's like underneath it, yes, yes, Carrie Underwood wins. <laughs> and then it has did, and then it has a no, and it's like, did no, Miranda Lambert wins. Did yeah. Miranda Lambert put out an album? Yes, yes. Miranda Lambert wins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what this female vocalist of the year is. Pretty much. I mean, that's. Yeah, so it's going to be Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Yeah. Male Vocalist of the Year. Do we even need to say Stapleton and Entertainer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. So, Entertainer of the Year. <laughs> do we even need to say the, say the names of these either? We do. Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, Kenny Chesney, Chris Stapleton, Keith Urban. Actually, everyone on here has a shot, but it's going to be Chris Stapleton, I think. I mean, I don't think it is. Who you got then? I mean, he's been nominated for Entertainer of the Year the past, what, three years now? Yeah. And does not won it. But he's also toured harder this year than any of those people on there. Yeah. And he had the biggest tour in country music this year. So I would love to see him win it. But I feel like Entertainer of the Year always goes to like someone that shouldn't get it. But well, I think what, who got it last year? Wasn't it Garth that got it last year? I think it was Garth, even though Eric Church really should have won it. Yeah. I don't know. I would like to see Chris Stapleton win it. I just don't think he is. But I... As much as I don't want to say this, I think Keith Urban wins. I mean, it's very possible. But yes, Garth Brooks won in 2017. I I think Keith Urban wins this. I'm going with my man Chris Stapleton, but I don't think you're wrong if you pick any of the ones nominated here. I mean, all of them are a good guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like all of these guys have a shot because they're all such big names. Yeah. I think everyone has a shot at this. I don't I, – I just think it's – I would love to see Chris Stapleton win, but I don't think he's going to. Well, we were going to talk about a couple albums, but we're almost at an hour now for this episode. So, we can just push that in next week. That's very true. We'll just push it to next week so we could talk about it a little bit. So we're not rushed through these, even though. Anyways, but 
So just we're not rush through them. We'll talk about them next week. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. This was episode 25. We'll be back next week with episode 26. We promise. We're not going to take six months off again before Nate's Snapchatting. He's taking selfies over here. I am. Um, yeah, we'll be back next, back next week to talk about a lot of the albums that have been released since the last time we recorded an episode. And there has been quite a few. So um, many. Quite a few. So, quite a so few. many. So we'll talk about a lot of those. We we'll probably won't go into many too much depth. We'll probably just catch up on all the albums. Kind of give us ourselves a rating. Talk about albums that you need to listen to and this, that, and the other, you know. But thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Cut Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Cut Podcast. Email us at Beyond the Cut. Was it podcast at gmail.com? I think it's something like that. Yeah. Email us if you have anything funny, bad lyrics, stuff, funny stuff, funny comments on Saving Country Music if you find any. Anything funny or crazy or whatever, email us, send it to us on Twitter, DM us, whatever. Uh, I think that's it. We have a Facebook page. Go follow us on Facebook. I think it went inactive because I never used it. Okay, maybe it's inactive. Never mind. Don't follow us on Facebook. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, Sounds like ass. Anyways, we'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, see you later.